Mark Santiago here, and welcome to the Empowered AF Podcast, where each episode we share powerful strategies to help you communicate, act, and lead like an empowered man. Thanks for joining me. All right, all right, all right. That's my Matthew McConaughey saying, let's go. Empowered AF Podcast. I have got a special guest with me. Uh, her name is Dr. Mandy Rose, not to be confused with Sarah Rose that I had on my show back in October. Uh, Dr. Mandy Rose does nothing like what Sarah Rose does. So just in case you're curious and you're going, wait, I've heard that name before. This is not the same person. Mandy, thank you so much for being on. I'm so happy to be here, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're Excited welcome. For- you're welcome. So uh, about a month or two ago, I think it was a month ago now, uh, you and I were at an event here in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and we were introduced by somebody that said, hey, I think you need to know this person. And we sat down and talked about our stories and who we work with. And it was like, we're like, oh my gosh, you work with the female version of the men I work with. And I was like, yes. And it was just like this really cool introduction. So what I want to do is is bring you on today and talk about what you do, who you are a little bit, and apply that to the men I work with. Because a lot of the men I I work with think that they're the only ones, number one, and they don't even realize that there's another side to this equation called the women who deal with some of the same shit, same bullshit, whether it's cheating or narcissism or abuse or borderline personality disorder, bipolar, or any of the things that they're dealing with on the toxic side, you're actually dealing with on the female side. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm super, it was a very fascinating conversation to sit down with you that evening. It was, it was like, wow, we're actually teaching the same things and we're doing the same things. And it's, it's yeah. really, it's really amazing to like, also feel that like we're on the right tracks too. So totally. we're, we're doing the right things. I know, especially when you're like first starting out, it's like, okay, I hope I'm teaching the right things. Like, yeah. uh, you know, you're a doctor, but not in psychology. You're, t- tell me a little yes. bit about, about your doctor, about you as sure, a doctor. Yeah. Yes, I am a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. So that is, um, I have a doctorate in that. And it's, uh, I don't do that anymore. I saw patients for many years. I primarily treating mothers and children and helping them out with different emotional issues. Um, But yeah, since COVID, with acupuncture, yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So that kind of became a natural progression then, right? Yeah, it did. Serving them in the physical sense with emotional issues. And now you've kind of leveled up. So, so what happened? You said during the pandemic, something happened? Yeah. Yeah. Basically when COVID hit, it's, it wasn't really, people weren't coming in to get acupuncture anymore, especially since I wasn't, it wasn't like life threatening things that I was helping them with. So I actually turned to help my clients, my patients, my mother patients with empowerment circles. I was hosting mom empowerment circles online. And then that slowly progressed into helping women with divorces who I just kept attracting all of these women who are going through really um, traumatic divorces and difficult times. And especially with COVID, I feel like a lot of relationship stuff came up. So I switched over to starting a divorce divorce coaching program and (laughs) slowly progressed into high conflict divorce coaching. Interesting. So men pay attention because I think what we're going to do is break down what what Mandy's clients are going through, how similar it is, number one, to what you're going through as a man, but also at the same time, by the end of this, we're hoping to help you see some things from a female perspective so you can understand what mistakes to stop fucking making because you're fucking it up. And she's gonna help you with some of that from her perspective. But before we get into all of that, what I wanna hear is a little bit more about your story. Tell me about your story because I know you came out of a toxic relationship just like I did. And let's, let's hear a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So I actually had 
Yeah, let's see. I mean, I'm, we can go way back in time. I, I did actually model my childhood parent, like my parents' relationship and picked a, a mate very similar to my father. Um, so I'm sure that's maybe a pattern that you've seen as well. Yep. Um, Always I, picking the mamas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny, I would actually sometimes confuse my my father and my dad's name. <laughs> so um, that does happen. But anyway, so yeah, it was actually a great relationship in the beginning. We had a really great time together. He was um, a celebrity and we did a traveled the world. We did a lot of amazing things and um, I felt very well taken care of. And then it slowly progressed really got worse over time. And um, he became very controlling. He came, became um, different varying things. I, I also don't want to ruin his reputation, yeah. so I tried not to say too many awful things about him. Um, but I do, it did, became, it did become very toxic and it was not healthy for either of us anymore. Things started escalating quite a bit. Um, he, I was instructed by um, therapists that I was working with that I really needed to get out of the marriage. Um, so it was that unhealthy and that unsafe. Yes, it was very, it was actually getting to the point where um, my therapist recommended that I get out because it could progress to physical abuse at some point in time because it was just So at this point, it was still emotional abuse, but they were mm -hmm. so concerned about the emotional abuse that it would turn into physical abuse. And they're like, get the fuck out. With, with narcissistic men, it's, they have to keep upping the ante to, mm. in order to keep the control. So it'll start with like low. That's why it's like seems good in the beginning because they're 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 just, well actually they're love bombing you in the beginning. They're actually trying to like very <laughs> familiar. Because yep. like because yeah, once once like, I mean that's the rule number one of conning someone is you do something nice for them so they feel like they owe you. <laughs> so um, explain but, love bombing just real quick to anybody yeah. that's listening and going, what the hell is love bombing? Sure. Yeah. So love bombing is at the beginning of the relationship when you're just completely overwhelmed with love. Like you think that you're a god, like that's from my perspective, you think you're a goddess. You think that you're the most amazing thing in the entire world. Like they would never, ever leave you. They love you so much. And they'll, they, I mean, flowers and presents and everything. And just like so much, they never want to leave you. They just want to be with you all the time. They just want to like merge lives with you. <laughs> they want yeah. to. You know, what's crazy about that is that, yeah. and, and someone who's, I've been through that personally with my ex and you've experienced that. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that say more about us as the receiver of that love bombing than yeah. anything? Like, yes. right. Like, like what an opportunity for those of you that are listening and you go, Oh my gosh, I've experienced love bombing before. And I just thought it was the greatest thing. What an opportunity for you to start diving into your own work, your own I, inner work. I, 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 for me personally, I did not feel lovable. So yeah. I didn't either. I, I was like, here's someone that actually loves me. I have got to do <laughs> like, yeah. well, this is the most incredible feeling in the entire world. I will stop at nothing to keep this. Like it's I like an addiction, everything. right? Yeah, it was an addiction. Yeah. I mean, what a definition of codependency. I always say mm -hmm. you were codependent, it's it's like an addiction on this person. You feel yeah. addicted to them. Completely. And I mean that's that's what I experienced and almost every woman that I um, help as well. The act of leaving is very, very difficult because you you don't feel that you can live without the other person. Mm. You don't, they don't feel like they can live without that narcissistic man in their life anymore because he, the, the, the way the dynamic was created in both sides, both sides are equally responsible, but there's just so much dependency and so much like they, they're, even though it's toxic, they still love the man. They, there's still like an overwhelming sense of love for the man that is really, really hard to break free from. And it, like, it's very, very traumatic to leave. And it's, I mean, it's a few, it's several months long process of like, it's a, it's a grieving process as well. Yeah. 
I mean, I definitely experienced that personally on my side of it, where it was like, I have this thing I say, toxic women will make you feel like you can't exist without them. And yes. it, it literally, it's the same thing for, on the men's yeah. side, what you're saying, where it was like, it took me months and months and months to finally get to the place where I go, enough is enough. I'm fucking done. And it sounds like you're dealing with the exact same thing now. Exactly. So exactly. what was your defining moment? Like, was it just all the therapists saying, hey, get the fuck no. out? What was, your, was there a moment so, or was it just like you just gradually went to the courthouse and did it? Well, there were several things that came up. Um, so it was actually like a three-year process for me to wow. actually leave it. Um, it. It took a very long time of working weekly with a therapist, um, which is, yeah, which is why I only work with women who have already left because it's that act of leaving is very, it's like, it really has to come from a deep place. But um, yeah, for me, it was working with these therapists and then actually seeing things progress. So I was in acupuncture school at the time, um, working on my doctorate and taking, I was like studying for board exams and finishing my doctorate at the same time. And just like, I was fully overwhelmed. <laughs> um, so I couldn't really see what was going on. But then once I got through all of that, I was able to like, look, so like come out from like the fog and like see what was going on in my life and I had just seen a series of things that like he was more interested in protecting himself financially and protecting um it was mostly financially but basically just protecting himself than he was at saving the marriage yeah. um so he had tied up all of our money he um had stopped working as much he had um just done a lot of things that it just made, it became very apparent. Like I was over here trying to finish my doctorate and trying to do my best in the marriage and trying to find us a therapist, which we kept burning through therapists. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever really worked. Um, They're good at kept trying new ones. And it would, so I kept telling him that we needed, I kept, I wasn't telling, I was, I was asking, begging him to go to therapy. Um, and it was never, taken seriously um so i was trying to save the marriage and it became apparent that he was just trying to protect himself in in the event that we did get if i in the event that i did file for divorce then he would be protected so that's kind of what became apparent that he didn't actually really care about me and the relationship it was his own butt that he was trying to cover um and then let's see so I'm trying to think if there's anything else that actually happened. I think that those were like the big things because I, I had almost filed a year and a half before I actually did, but then yeah. I, I slowed down and I focused on finishing school and everything. And then it was finally like, wait a second, this is, this is not like, I, I don't matter. I don't actually matter. That's yeah. kind of what it felt like. Yeah. It's so interesting your parallel because a lot of times I hear guys stories and this is what's so interesting about our conversation. Like I know so many guys that I've worked with client wise who will tell me almost the exact opposite of like, tell your story, but from their perspective. Yeah. And it's fascinating. They'll, they'll basically be like, I mean, she would complain to me about going to uh, therapy. She would, you know, try to beg me to go to therapy and I didn't want to go. And then as soon as she got done with nursing school, as soon as she got done with her school, suddenly she goes and files for divorce. Yeah. So actually, let me, there was one key thing that I forgot to mention. So two weeks before I filed, it was already in the process. I was already talking to an attorney and everything. He, I went and I, it was my last ditch effort. I said, I said, please let's go to therapy. I'm begging you. Let's go to therapy. It's very, very important. Like we need to go to therapy. This is, this relationship is not working for me anymore. It's not 
I'm not happy. This is not what I wanted. We really, really need to go to therapy. Otherwise, so we need to end this because I'm, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. And he looked me straight in the eyes and he said, well, I'm going to miss you. Damn. Yeah. So he, he, he had calling. no desire whatsoever to fight for you. He was calling my bluff is what he was doing. Because as soon as I did leave, he did, he did, he went and found a therapist. He went and did all the things that I wanted. Oh, okay. But he didn't right. Let's that talk about that. Because yeah. again, I, I've heard this story, but from the men's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And so what you're telling me is that he did classic male behavior, which yeah. is I don't do shit until she finally does something. There are men listening to my podcast right now. You're listening to my voice right now. And you need to fucking pay attention to what this woman is saying, because whether you're a total narcissist or not, and whether you can be helped or not, I don't know. And I don't really give a fuck. What I give a fuck about is the guys who can be helped and are hearing her story and have an opportunity to back the fuck up and do what she's telling you that you can do. So tell me what happened. So, so basically you went and file and then all of a sudden he's like, Let's go to therapy. Yeah. He, so what they what they say is they pull he pulled he pulled out all the stops. You yeah. know he did all the things that he to try and win you back over. So to try and win me back over. Did he, he love did Bondu everything, again? He, he, everything I ever wanted him to do, he yep. did. Oh. Everything that I'd been begging him to do, he did. And it, but it was just it was too late. It was it was too 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 can little you, too late. Can you explain that too late thing? I I I'm excited because literally I hear this all the time. She told me it's too late. Well, like. Yeah, I have this thing. I say, stop buying life insurance for a dead fucking marriage. Yeah. If the marriage is over, you can't buy life insurance anymore, right? Yeah. You, you had to, you wasted your time. So he basically did what every classic male does. Don't listen, don't listen, call your bluff, bullshit. You're never going to leave me. I'm the greatest mm -hmm. thing ever. And he, and then you leave and he becomes a little bitch. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah, so yeah, he, he, you know, he sent all these long text messages, but you know what was interesting, Mark? He, this was actually very interesting. This is, this kind of solidified my decision is that he didn't say, he did say, I love you. I want you back. But it was more from the perspective of, he was more saying things like, don't ruin my life. I'm not that bad of a guy. Um, don't do this to me. What is everyone at the yacht club gonna think? Um, all these things instead of instead of like real like if if someone had done that to me if my if my husband had left me and left me like basically I had to leave in the middle of the night I had to leave a note and take my child and my dog and drive eight hours to San Francisco to stay with a friend in a safe place because um, I didn't want to be in San Diego I wanted to be someplace where he could not just get drunk and drive and show up at my door um, yeah. so I. Went there. I had to drive in the middle of the night. I left a note. So, so that's I was like, where did I head back up? So, if I, if my spouse had left me, and had just left a note and said like, I need to think about our marriage. I'm pretty sure this is done. Um, I've taken half of the money, all of the stuff. Like, like very seriously left. I, I would be devastated. I would have said, Oh my, how did we get to this point? Yeah. How did how, what what did I do wrong? Oh my goodness, like what can I possibly do to fix this instead of saying, but instead he went the angle of, I'm not that bad of a guy. I didn't realize how important therapy was to you. I'm going to, I found a therapist for, for you. Will you come back now, please? Like it was like a desperation feeling instead of, instead of like a, 
oh my gosh, like, I love you. Let's, let's figure this out. Let's have a conversation. Let's figure like, I'm so sorry. I don't think he, I don't think he ever said, maybe he said, I'm sorry. I think he said like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize how important therapy was to you. Like something like that, instead of being like a heartfelt, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking my head because I, I've seen these texts before from our, from yeah. clients, from guys we work with. And it always baffles me because I'm like, do you not see that what you're doing is literally, you're telling her what you think she wants to hear, but you're doing because you're fucking selfish. You're yeah. not even doing it for her. And so we have this concept in our program, we call it owning your own shit. And, mm -hmm. and the text, it sounds like what I'm baffled by is that you experienced all kinds of emotional abuse, gaslighting, all this shit for all these years. And you're all, I'm not saying you would have taken him back, but you're like, I still would have even, I would have listened to him. I would have heard his text. I got guys in uh, that want to get in our program or been in our program and we, we help them cultivate their texting. We help them cultivate their things around this concept because it's fascinating. You just want to know, do you hear me? And do you understand me? And, yeah. and, and you're saying that your husband, if he would have just said, even with as narcissistic and fucked up as he was, you would have at least heard his ass out. So yes, any of you motherfuckers who are sitting here complaining on your ass right now going, she won't listen to me. She doesn't care about me. Here's a woman saying, if you would talk to me the way I desire to be talked to, which is to be heard and understood and the love from that perspective, she would at least fucking hear you. Sorry. Tell me more, please. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want to hear him at all. Um, right. I didn't. Yeah, I like never. He got really he was very upset about that because I never sat down and talked to him after I left. We never sat down and had a conversation. Because he, like you said, he never actually wanted to hear what I had to say. He just wanted me back. He just wanted that me back in his life and to have that, like everything to look okay in the world and have everything just go back to normal. He didn't you actually were, want You were an to asset hear. to him. You were I was an another asset. asset to him. And, and, and there are men, you are listening right now. I'm, I'm so glad for this because there's some of you I will never work with because you see women this way. And if yeah. you choose to decide, hey, I don't want to see women this way and I've sort of conviction. I want conviction to fall on some of you motherfuckers so that you actually hear what this person is saying. And you go, oh my God, I have been doing this to my wife. She does not deserve that. She deserves to be loved, to be treated with respect, to be honored. I have fucked up. You better get on your knees and ask for forgiveness. And you do it in a way that is healthy and where it's like, I don't have any expectation. I am just here to say I have royally fucked up. And whether she takes your sorry ass back or not doesn't matter. The fact is you still have to move on and be a human being. I, I don't know where your husband is or ex-husband is now and what he's doing, but I'm sure if he never owned his shit, he's still living in his shit. Oh, completely. And that's part of what I, I've come to terms with as well, because I mean, I deeply loved this man um, for many years and I had to let go with the fact that he, knowing that he's never going to change. He's yeah. absolutely never going to realize my side of the story because I mean, he did go on as well. I don't know if you've experienced this, but he went on as well as to make up a bunch of rumors about me. Um, he went on to tell people that I had an affair with a man named Sam, which I don't even know a man named Sam. Sam, Sam alone? I don't even know a friend named Sam. And then also that I had stolen all of our money and like all these things. So he, he went on and I just know that he had to do those things to protect his vision of his story and his self. And he's never actually going to grow from any of this. And I, I do deeply 
I wish that I, not for my own self, but for him, I wish that he would actually grow from this and learn how to be a better person and learn from this experience and not have to go through this again. Because unfortunately, I, I feel like he probably will have to go experience this again with another woman and have the same thing happen, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's saddening. I mean, I come across it all the time. We have guys that don't last in our program because of this very thing where they won't own their shit. Yeah. And it's, it's mind boggling and it's, it's sad. I'm just, I'm, I'm sad to hear that about this man who's successful in life and is crushing it probably in career or whatever, but at the same time, can't have love and respect and honor for you, which means honestly, deep down inside, he is in hell. Exactly. That's, that's fascinating. That, that um, was a pair. I mean, and that's, and that's part of the reason I got into the relationship as well to go back to the beginning is that I, I knew that he was tormented inside. Mm-hmm. I knew that he had a rough background. Um, but I thought that I could save him. I thought that yeah. I could help. Him. And, but he never would let me in. I mean, that was, that was unhealthy on my end to think that I can save somebody else, of course, but I, I never could actually get into him. He had such a wall up that I could never actually, and I think that's why he did a lot of the things he did yeah. and like avoiding therapy and always wanting to have more children, because I mean, those are all like intimacy blockers. They're all just blocking, having a real connection with him. That's interesting. Intimacy blockers share a little bit more because I think a, a lot of men period, we yeah. suck at intimacy. We're so, yeah. uh, our, our emotions are like, we feel like 10 year old little boys, you know, like we just don't know what to do with it. What is an intimacy you, blocker? You, you never, you, I mean, women, have you ever read any Brene Brown's work? Oh, yeah. She's talk about yeah. Yes. yeah. So yeah, perfect. So, but yeah, I mean, you guys never learned how to, to really get in touch with your emotions and your feelings. And so it completely makes sense. But yeah, I think that a lot of men, a lot, I don't know the numbers, but I feel like a lot of men do the intimacy blocking thing because they don't know how to like actually connect emotionally with somebody else, especially a woman. I mean, it's, women can be scary. I, I, I get it. We're very emotional beings. We're very, I mean, sometimes it can be volatile emotions, um, which is not healthy, but even a healthy, emotionally healthy woman is, can be scary when you're not in touch with your own emotions. So I think that a lot of men use intimacy blockers to kind of just put walls up. It's like the woman is trying to connect with, with the man. And instead of returning the connection and creating like a healthy emotional bond, the man puts things in the way. Yeah. So having multiple children, my, my ex always wanted, kept wanting me to have more children. And because then the woman is distracted, taking care of the child and cannot actually not, doesn't have time to create a healthy, like that isn't going to be asking for more emotional connection with the man. She's going to be busy with the child or he always wanted me to get another job or yeah, get a job on top of my full-time schooling. And he's like traveling all over the world for work and like, and taking care of children and like all he just kept wanting me to do more things in terms of, um, instead of like actually connecting with me. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like the typical of, he didn't want a wife. He wanted a possession. Oh, completely. He, I, I, he, I was an asset. I was, he, he always liked to collect like I always said I was a toy. He was like, I, he collected boats and cars and motorcycles and stuff. I was like, I was just another, another toy. Of his, yeah. So. yeah. That's, that's incredible. Um, well, this has been a fascinating conversation and yes. it went in directions. I didn't even know we would go. Um, <laughs> tell me just at least let's do a, a quick overview of your current work. Yeah. 
with the women you yes. work with and then maybe leave us with like one thing that you could you would tell men who are basically acting like your your ex-husband was sure um so start with your work sorry yeah, i kind of we'll start, with, yeah, <laughs> we'll start with your work and then do that yeah, yeah okay perfect <laughs> so um yeah so for my work now i work with women who are in high conflict divorces so i know that you're you're dealing with men in all different areas but i mainly am working with women who are in very very tumultuous divorces that are very very emotionally draining um a lot of money is going into it and so I really, really help women. I mean, this is their first experience with the legal system. They've never really been involved with, with lawyers or the legal system for the most part. And so they don't know what's going on. So I help them. I have an attorney on my team. We, um, between the attorney and I, we really help them navigate the legal system and learn to advocate for themselves and really, really get through this divorce and make without having to spend so much extra money. I mean, it can get really, really expensive. Um, and then I also have two therapists on my team that help with trauma healing and work through i mean a lot of these women have experienced all of them have experienced psychological abuse emotional abuse um yeah. and verbal abuse but some of them have also experienced physical and sexual abuse as well so wow. we're helping them work through all of that as well and also becoming more empowered and feeling more more just getting out of that victim mentality because it's really really easy i'm sure you've seen this as well to be to be stuck in that is like, it's just like all about him. It's all, it's all his fault. My, my life would be like almost actually Mark, every person, every woman that I've spoken to, I've spoken to like hundreds of women at this point in time, um, that every single one of them, they all wish if there was one thing that they could change in their life, that they could just make him disappear. They just want him to go away, just fall off the face of the earth. They're, they're all really cute. They're like, well, you know, if there's just some way he could get like hit by a bus or something like that, like, but they all like just want him to just disappear. And they think that their life will be better if he's just gone. But the reality is that there's something inside of them that needs to change as well. It's not, it's not just having him disappear is not going to fix the solution. So it's not going to fix the problem. It's not the solution. So it's, we really get, so, so there's the legal help, there's the trauma help, and there's also just helping them feel empowered and like communicating better as well. We do a lot of like figuring out how to communicate better with, with their ex-husband because a lot of the problem is in that communication. They're triggering each other. So it's really a matter of like, not, I look through, I go through their conversations with their ex and like, look at like, what are, what are his triggers? What are, what are the things that you say that triggers him and like what he's doing when he's triggered and trying to figure out how to end that. Totally. I mean, that's exactly what we do on the male side, the, the communication, yeah. the trauma, um, leadership. So it, it's awesome. I'm, I'm thankful that you're out there doing that uh, for for women who who have been abused, and um, that that's always a special place in my heart for for women that have experienced that. Um, I, I I hate it for for them. Um, you know, you are not the weaker spouse; you are the equal spouse. You know, there, there's no difference between us other than gender or whatever you want to call it in terms of what you bring to this world. And uh, I hate men that abuse women. Uh, it it just fucking pisses me off. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Uh, I just, yeah, I wanted to know if, if there was something that you would tell men who've been left by their wives and they're confused, they're lost, they're trying to cling, they're calling them, they're texting them, they're trying to do all those things that can feel very invasive to a woman who is trying to let go and move on. Maybe not necessarily the guys who are really abusive, but the guys who are invading, they're being clingy. What would you say to a man like that? 
Yeah, I, I would tell him to really, I think what always helps me in situations like that is to just really put myself on the other person's shoes. So I would ask him to put himself in his wife's shoes and just really look back in time over the course of their relationship and their marriage and, and really look at what he's, why is she acting that way? I mean, she obviously loved him very dearly at some point in time um, for an extended period of time, likely like what went wrong? Like what, what, like why is she now acting like she hates you? Like what, there's something that happened and it's probably an accumulation of things over the years. And, and then, so then to just like look in her shoes and be like, oh my gosh, that's why she feels this way. And then to have a conversation with her, I can see why you feel this way. This is what I did. These are the things I did wrong. And like, I, I'm, I want to fix them. And like from the heart and not just, not just saying, Hey, I, <laughs> I need to, I, I need you to fix, I, I'm going to fix these things for you. Like I'm going to, or like for me or like whatever, like, so sorry, for, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused here, but um, so don't like change them. Have a conversation about how to change the things together and work together on it as opposed to just wanting her, just changing the things to get her back. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it really comes back from this place of ultimately you have to change as a man and, and whether she, this is what we teach, whether she comes back or not, you still have to work on you. Mm -hmm. And the strategy we employ usually is, is very much similar to what you just said, maybe a little variant. We actually, if, if she's literally said, I don't want to be married to you anymore. The time there is to literally let go, do your work for yourself. Just be the change. Just live the change. And if there's opportunity for conversation and there's an opportunity where she's willing to hear you out, that's when you come with that, what you just said right there, right? Which is I've identified a lot of things and here are those things. And uh, I really fucked up and I hurt you. And it must've made you feel like shit. It must've made you feel vulnerable and scared and lonely. And I can't even imagine what that feels like. It sucks. Um, but then doing that from a place of no expectation, Exactly. That's that I think is the difference, right? Because so many men will do that. They'll come, they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I fucked up. I did all these things. And then they're like, they come to apologize, but their apologies are not necessary. People don't want to hear. I'm sorry. They want to know, do you understand me and what I've been through and what you put me through and how I hurt more than anything. And if you can empathize with their hurt, and they know you empathize with their hurt and you leave it at that and you draw off any expectations. I don't expect you to come home. I don't expect you to be a part of this marriage. I need to go work on how I treated you. I need to work on those things and I'm going to go do those things. That to me is way more of a vacuum of love of like, oh my gosh, right? Like, like if, if he did that to you, your, your response might've been like, okay, I'm not sure where this is going, but damn, <laughs> that was hot, right? Like, like. Yeah. Oh, I would have I would have seriously been like, oh my gosh, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for understanding what I've been through. Like, let's at least meet up and talk. Yeah. And figure this out. And those are usually the guys in our, you know, because we don't save marriages, we save men. And the men that end up having new marriages with their wife usually come at it from that perspective, or they manipulate. They I either see them manipulate the fuck out of her until she comes home, or they do it from the place of, hey, I'm letting go. I I, I want a new marriage with you. The old marriage is dead. This is what I fucked up. This is how I own my shit and leave it at that. And if she comes back and she's ready, I call it joining you in your new adventure. Like women yeah. don't want to be the adventure. They want to join you in an adventure. Totally. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we teach them. So 
thank you for validating that uh, from a female perspective. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome, Mark. Uh, thank you so much for being on and sharing your story. Uh, it's incredible this, the work you're doing with women, what you've been through. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things where I can't rescue you. I can't say I'm sorry for what he did and how much of an asshole he was, but you deserve better. And I know you know that. And I know that you're going to get that or if you're I don't know if you already have had that, but but you deserve better. And, and that's my hope and wish for you um, and all those women that are going through the shit they're going through right now. Um, I wish I could give them all a, a father's hug and, and help them realize that they don't it doesn't have to be this way and they're going to be OK. So yeah. thank you so much for joining us on, on Empowered AF and uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, this is Mark Santiago, CEO and founder of Empowered Man. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. However, before you go, I want to give you a special invitation. Now, listen, we've got a program that is designed specifically for men who are hurting right now, who are on the verge potentially of divorce, who are facing potential separation or already separated, and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They're dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with cheating. They're dealing with all kinds of shit. If that's you, I want to challenge you to take the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. That's right, the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. You can go to emchallenge.com right now and sign up for the 30-Day Challenge. Here's why I think you should do that. If you're hurting, you need to understand why you're hurting. You need to understand what is actually going on. In week one of the challenge, we are gonna actually rip off that Band-Aid a little bit and coach you through that process. And then we continue to do that process all the way to the point where you start to make decisions that are empowered instead of disempowered. I don't know about you, but I would much, much, much rather make decisions from a place of strength than a place of weakness. So if you're facing decisions, if you're facing this anxiety, what do I do? How do I respond when my wife is being toxic? I don't know what to do. My wife is cheating on me. I don't know what to do. My wife doesn't love me. I don't know what to do. We are going to help you find those answers within. Now look, this 30 day challenge is probably unlike any other you've been a part of. Why? Because not only do we have daily assignments happening in the program every single day, but you also get live group coaching calls. I said live group coaching calls with myself and my lead coach. That's right, I am a part of this. It's not just some other people doing it. I am there live with you every single week call that we are on. Third part of that is you're gonna have a community of other guys that are going through exactly what you are going through. And the best part of this, this isn't even a fraction of the price we could charge for it. In fact, at some point we may raise the price, but right now it is at a bargain. So go to emchallenge.com, emchallenge.com to take the Empowered Man 30 Day Challenge, and I will see you on the inside.